Hello and welcome to a very special holiday edition of the Marks-ish Brothers podcast. My name is Joseph. I am Cam. And this week we have a guest. Guest, introduce yourself. Um, Hello. Hello everyone. I am the guest, uh, Joseph's sister, Leah. Sister Leah. Sister Leah, as he calls me. Yes. <laughs> and and this week, as we teased last week, we are talking about It's a Wonderful Life. Woo-hoo! Cam, do you have some fun facts for us? I do. This movie was released in 1946. It is a Christmas drama, fantasy mo- drama, American Christmas fantasy drama, uh, directed by Frank Capra, written by Francis Goodrich and Albert Hackett, along with Capra. It is. It's, it stars a great cast, crew. Uh, Jimmy Stewart, Donna Reed, Lionel Mitchell, and others. Uh, this movie had a budget of three point eighteen million, which I think is pretty big for that time, and it grossed through three point three, so not tons. Hmm. So it didn't. It, it, it didn't make it a ton of money. But the reason why this movie is so so popular is because it is because because it, it was cheap to run on TV because it didn't make a lot of money, so it wasn't like a big movie. So hmm. they just run it on TV for like. Really cheap. Well, uh, actually, uh, it was actually public domain. What? So, yeah. So, really? uh, so in the sixties, uh, or eighties, one of the uh, one of those numbers, even numbers, um, the company that owned the rights to this movie forgot to renew the license, so it became oh pub- so it became public domain. So it was very cheap for, uh, like Cam, you're saying, it was very cheap and easy for anyone to just put it out because it was public domain wow. i love that i love it so much so, well, i know i could find it on cbc like i could have watched it on cbc if i wanted to for free yeah so yes. it, it's it's a very easy movie to watch for free because it's open like it's it's no one has the rights to it really i own the 4k steelbook because it's a good movie and i like it a lot <laughs> That's amazing. I, I do want to buy the steelbook. Anyways, yeah. uh, Leah, since you're the guest, why don't you give us some initial thoughts on this film? Hmm, initial thoughts. Well, I think one of the things that I find the most fascinating about this movie, and I'm kind of interested to find out that it didn't really do well initially, because I feel like this like sort of has become a trope, like the trope of going back and being shown what the world would be like without you. Like, I don't think it was done before this, or this movie is really what made it famous. And it's pretty fascinating to sort of, like, even now, you can pick it out in modern media, you know, at least once or twice a year. Some type of media will come out. It'll either be, you know, a TV episode or another movie that does kind of the same thing with a twist. Mm -hmm. But It's a Wonderful Life was sort of the basis for it. So I find that pretty fascinating and that, like, in the cultural zeitgeist, it's pretty, it's it's pretty canon. Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, I I actually have an argument against your point that this was one of the first ones. (laughs) Hey, by all means, do. Um. Do you know the play Our Town? Do not. By Wilder, either you or Cam? No. Okay, so it, it's a it's a relatively famous play from 1938. And okay. the, the premise is basically that this girl dies and oh. an angel takes her back through her life. Oh. Huh. And uh, basically the, the point of the play is kind of being like... Uh, 
like life is made up of all these little moments and that's what makes life like worth living basically hmm. and and so that came up a little bit before this and it, i i believe that it is what influenced this movie um because I like mean, it came out in a similar time similar premise i mean you could bear i mean that's probably correct uh they probably i mean it wouldn't be the first movie to have taken the story of a play and then <laughs> made it more popular so i I definitely think that you're probably right about that. Um, I think that one of the coolest things about this movie is basically its premise is the power of community. Mm -hmm. And that's like what I find as its most charming feature and as sort of its basis, which I love. Yes. Um, I I have a question to pose to the two of you. Uh, Mm. Is this movie a horror movie? Oh. Ooh. Because it, it definitely has some sort of horror-esque attributes, you know, like it, 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 there's connections to like supernatural. Uh, there is like darkness of like suicide and stuff. You see, yeah. you see like hmm. a, a world where he's not in it. He's like a, a dead man walking in a way. Would you consider this to be somewhat of a horror movie? I feel like it has some horror elements. For sure. Like, I was, like, watching it again, I'm like, I noticed how dark it got in certain scenes. Mm-hmm. I was like this, like, this is a family movie, question mark? Like, <laughs> where he gets drunk and he's going to kill himself and this and this. And I'm like, oh, this is uh, not for kids or what we usually think of kids entertainment. I think we can mostly blame Disney for that mm-hmm. in terms of, like, the over-simplification or the, whatever, the, uh, the the whitewashing of children's media mm-hmm. but uh yeah there's definitely is some horror elements and like even like the main the main crux behind the plot isn't really solved like potter just gets away yep. with stealing the money yep which is yeah. the most realistic part of the of the, this movie is rich people stealing things and getting away scot free cuz <laughs> it happens all every day but <laughs> yeah i was actually pretty shocked um, watching it back, how much like class comes up in this mm-hmm. movie, and how m- much it's dealt with. It was actually quite surprising watching it back now, and how there was a very clear dichotomy of rich is bad and poor is good. <laughs> yeah, well, like, like even like like, like Mr. Porter, uh, Potter. Like, Potter. That's what I meant. Not. He's not. Harry he's not. He's, he's not Harry Potter, Mister. <laughs> Mister Potter. Mister Por- Porter. Um. Well, there's one line where he's like, "Uh, he wants a thrifty working class." Yes. Oh, yeah. I noted that one oof, too. Oof, <laughs> oof. Which is like, okay, like, and obviously Jimmy Stewart comes or George comes back with with a good retort, but uh, I thought that was very interesting. Um. So, like, like, what's very interesting about this is that, like, Capra yeah. is not at all a leftist. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I have a say, thought. Say that. Yeah, so I have a really interesting thought that came to my mind as I was watching this. And I'm curious to hear both of your thoughts on this. Because I feel like it is a movie that is intending to be pro-capitalism but is unintentionally showing what the effects of capitalism are. And it's not meaning to. Mm -hmm. 
that kind of goes into what I was actually thinking is uh, you see sort of a battling between him and his writers because the writers oh. of this were actually uh, accused of being communists because they no had way. connections to the communist party. Um, but he was obviously, uh, he was a member of the Republican party. So like you see that like sort of like battle of sorts between his vision of being like, look at, look how good capitalism is. Like, look at this ethical capitalism. But then the writers are being more like, look at this community and look how important community is. And you see sort of this, this sort of ten, not necessarily tension, tension, but like a, a sort of two sidedness to this movie where it is like both pro capitalism and like pro community. And I, I, I find that it's because there is like sort of the writing room that viewed the world one way and then Capra who views the world another way. That's fascinating that that, like, that, that is the case because I didn't know that about the writers, but like I definitely wrote in my notes simultaneously pro and against capitalism question mark <laughs> and so because <laughs> like, i see both parts of it in the movie at different times which is pretty fascinating mm -hmm. uh what do you think about it cam yeah it's definitely like i'm not sure like yeah i'm just looking up some stuff about frank capra like he was as uh, he was very anti-fdr yeah uh, and fdr some Racist crimes, but like overall, pretty decent guy. New Deal, a lot of jazz, pretty good things, right? Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, it definitely like of how this movie shows the housing crisis, but like, and problems with the housing market that still exists today, where yeah. rent is rent rent is way too much because controlled by these big companies, and they don't give give a crap, and it's harder to buy houses and get mortgages from banks. But like, really, like. Like uh, the whole, the whole idea of a building and loan where, yeah, like they will they'll approve you and they work toward getting a home and like it's so like such a f weird idea to think about now because now this this wouldn't even fly the banks would just buy that buy that, that stuff yep. up and just absorb yep. it into the into their market which I'm like man yep. this almost gives me a, like a man the good old days <laughs> yes <laughs> right yeah. it was shocking like how relevant it is. Like mm -hmm. as you're watching, you're like, "Oh, this is happening right now." Like yeah. you're just you're just talking about the housing crisis. That's wow. Okay, <laughs> this is super relevant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and what I really appreciate about this movie is that it's not really trying to sell you anything. Mm -hmm. Like I find that a lot of, especially Christmas movies, they're always trying to sell you something, whether it's religion or buy mm -hmm. this this new thing or. Uh, like consumerism, like, like every single, like not every single, but like pretty much every Christmas movie is like always trying to like persuade you about like buy this. Mm -hmm, Whereas mm -hmm. this isn't, it's almost more of like a period piece than anything, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which I find very refreshing and why I think so many people can connect to it because it's not like a really long commercial because like, well, like, like I, I kind of want to steer the conversation to this, but like, the religion in this movie, like, it's very humanist in a way. Yeah. <laughs> like, like right. if that makes sense. Like, like, while there is, like, religious themes, it's not, like, tied to, like, a particular religion per se. Mm -hmm. uh, what are you guys' thoughts on that? No, I, I agree. And it was kind of, it, it, what I found interesting is, you know, often in a movie like this, especially in this era, it's sort of anti-all drink and anti all dancing right 
And mm -hmm. again, this is sort of where it's simultaneously pro and against because it shows really like wholesome dancing, like at the beginning when they're dancing like on the pool, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And like that's that's like good and wholesome and like they're drinking there, but like it's fine. They're just kids having like good clean fun, right? But then later on when it goes back to Pottersville, um, then it's all like the girls and dancing and drinking and there you're very much meant to see that as evil and bad. Right. So it's, it, but in other sort of movies of this time, it would be one or the other, right? Either all drinking and dancing is bad or not, or, you know, or it's good, you know? Yeah. Not, not that kind of like nuance. Not that kind of nuance. Yes. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I love how, for the image of God, it's and when God talking to angels, it's like literally pictures of the cosmos. Yeah, because like a lot yeah. of Christians at the time, in currently, <laughs> are very against science and like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so having the idea of God as being a a, a, a being in the cosmos, I can wait to that. Like that, that's that's not just dissimilar to what I believe in, but like. Yeah, like, I also love how, like, yeah, like, it's it's religious, but not, 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 not like, it's spiritual, but not, but not religious. Or, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, I appreciated it, that, too. Yeah. yeah. Like, Even, like, the casual, and, yeah. like, irreverence that Clarence mm -hmm. has when he talks to God or Joseph or whoever it is that he's talking to. It's not really clear always. But, like, mm -hmm. he, he is super, like, irreverently talking to him. To, to them, you know, <laughs> which I found pretty, pretty cool, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, like, again, going back to what, kind of what you're saying, but like this period, I think, was very interesting because it's like right after World War II that this came out. Mm. Uh, Jimmy Stewart fought in World War II mm. and and Capra was a documentarian of World War II. So they had just come back. This is actually uh, Jimmy Stewart's first movie since like after coming back from World War II, and he didn't think he was going to be an actor. Like, like he was like, I don't wow. know if I should come back into acting, oh. um, which I think is, is quite fascinating. That like they had a chance to kind of like, like it's a revival of both of their like sort of film career. Uh, Interesting. And they kind of put that into this role, and like also are kind of like challenge like like. Since it's like post World War Two, so they're kind of challenging what's been like the status quo and kind of thing. Um, but I, I do want to hear you two's opinion on like Jimmy Stewart's performance. This is one of the better like film performances. Like Jimmy Stewart, like obviously a great lead man, and like he has no one else does it like him. Like when I think of like Hollywood lead men of the time. Like even like today, who, like who today has 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 a energy like that? Where, where mm -hmm. it's like he's confident yet yet bumbling. He's handsome yet every man. Like he's just kind of this enigma of a, of a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I totally agree. And even you know though because he gives like two or three like quite Shakespearean style speeches, like monologues, like almost. And the way that he delivers them is incredible. Like he, he's, he's talking for like, you know, three to five minutes and he's, and he, he, ha he like, he's dynamic. He's giving it nuance. 
like you you like can sort of the charisma kind of like jumps off the screen like you can see how everyone would love him yeah exactly and it, it i find it, it is very impressive just to see how much like heart and soul is put into this performance mm-hmm. uh like even in like compared to some of like uh, jimmy stewart's other performances well he's always been like a, a good actor i think uh mm-hmm. like even like in rear window which i think is one of like well me and cam both enjoy that movie a lot mm-hmm. that's a good one mm-hmm. i like that mm-hmm. one yeah but like and even, mr smith goes to washington again yeah kind exactly. of similar similar energy and that's also, also a, a capra also, also, yeah also capra yeah let's say it um even like in rear window like he doesn't have the same sort of like no it's far more down he's far more downplayed in in rear window and i don't know if that has to do with the directing maybe because uh, rear window was not directed by capra correct no it was hitchcock i feel like in, in rear window it'd be more, more of a lack of physicality because he's like bound to a wheelchair for, for for most of the movie yeah yeah, but too. yeah, yeah, but like, he does bring a very bouncy energy, and even like, I like how like even like I buy him at, at, at any age because like he, like I'd say he starts off with his character at like twenty two, and like he he has more more boyish man 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 mannerisms that he puts on there than he does when he's playing a more like closer to thirty five ish later on in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think he does a really good job of that, of, like, playing, like, almost, like, two characters. Like, usually now would be like, oh, we'll just, like, CGI a younger <laughs> face on them. Whereas, yeah. like, at, that, at this time, obviously, that wasn't a choice. And I think it just takes a lot of talent to be able to, to like, sort of switch like that. Um, and I, I think it is really an, a, a testament to his talent as an actor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I also do really appreciate the cinematography of this. Well, it might not be like a standout of this. Hmm. Um, so like w- when you're learning about him, you see him with tons of people, mm-hmm. right? And it, yeah. you feel like like he is a part of that community. And as soon as like he doesn't exist anymore, almost all the shots of him, he's by himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think is uh, like a very good subtle way of like sort of showing how interconnected he is within the community and how like once that's taken away sort of all the liveliness and everything of like the community is gone yeah no i i agree and i think that kind of goes into what i was going to say as like as the storytelling of of this movie is really incredible and i think you're right that the cinematography kind of like goes right into that but like in terms of building up to a breaking point in the movie like building up to the climax is they do that so well mm-hmm. <laughs> like once you get to like the climax of the movie you are so invested in george's life you know you care so much for him by that point that the emotional payoff is is very great yeah oh yeah for sure um yeah uh, i don't really have a whole lot more to say about this movie um I, okay, do, do you have more thing, stuff to bring up? Yes. One fun thing that I pointed out because I was interested um, is that scene when Mr. Potter is offering him a job, offering George a job. And he's you know talking about how much do you take home a week? You know, 40, $40 a week. That adds up to $2,080 
a year. And Mr. Potter is offering him 20000 a year. Oof. So for him to turn that down <laughs> is, I just thought that that was interesting. I did the calculation because I'm like, I, I want to know how much he's turning down. Yeah. And the answer is a, a fucklot. Like, Ten times like, the salary. Yeah, because like yeah. a house is like $5,000. Yeah. So, so he could buy like four houses in a year. Oh. Yeah, like like, <laughs> would, like would have completely changed his life. So, I mean, I just was found that interesting because I never had never like pointed that out to myself before. I'd, like done the calculation, I was like, wow, okay, <laughs> that's uh, that's quite a bit. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I love the classic feel. Actually, this. no, I, I forgot. I do have more stuff to say. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Uh, so I I feel as though we I haven't mentioned this, but I feel as though we should is how it kind of is. A Christmas Carol, but from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Ooh, sure. Like, like it basically is following like the nephew of Scrooge. Uh, what, what's his name? Fred. Fredward. Is it Fred? It's basically Fred. the story of Fred, but we follow Fred instead of Scrooge. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I never thought about that. Sure. Yeah. But like the interesting thing is that like in a Christmas Carol, obviously Scrooge is the banker, whereas in this, the bad guy and the main character, George, are both bankers, mm-hmm. which is, I think, sort of an testament to what we were saying earlier about, like, the capitalistic envisionings of Capra. Yes. But, yeah. and he was, like, kind of trying to tell, like, a Christmas carol, but, like, with a modern twist, if that makes sense. Yeah. It, I, yeah, I think, I think it does. What are your thoughts does. on, on its connection to a Christmas carol? Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, like, because obviously not, and that, in the, the book slash Muppet version, uh, <laughs> like Scrooge, Scrooge, yeah, Scrooge is the banker, and it's like here's here's what your here's what Christmas would like here's here's your past here's here's your future, but like, but it's it's unchanged. It's just like after he dies, so it's still like it doesn't show like a hypothetical. It just mm-hmm. shows here's here's how it is, which I do like like the the, the twist of. This is this is hypoth- like if you kill yourself right now, not when you die in like ten ten years. It, no, it's like it it it, it makes it makes the it makes the stakes higher. Whereas like in in, in Christmas Carol, it's like okay, here's you. Yeah, yeah, you die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people plunder your stuff, but like it happens. Whatever, <laughs> that's life. Everyone but, dies. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. But, like, yeah. But this this one brings brings that that sticks higher. No, if, if you if you jump jump off this bridge, literally your town goes to shit. <laughs> like like and and the, all the people in it, their lives yes. are are ruined. Like basically, yeah. they're far worse. All the yeah. people you yeah, all, all the people you help save get out of the, the slums and into homes. That all goes goes away. Like that's yes, classic. Anyways, yeah. yes, this is a, a classic classic christmas story uh, it is yeah and i and i also think i mean and just to go back to the like accidentally anti-capitalist aspect of it um is really i think that like what it's showing and maybe i guess what the writers were trying to show was this is what happens when someone gets a monopoly because that's essentially what happens right and that's why you know it's renamed pottersville and he has everything mm-hmm. and it essentially is discussing what happens when someone gets a monopoly because like this would have been somewhat close to when there was such a thing as like corporate towns and stuff right yeah, yeah definitely not too far away for sure yeah 
but yeah, yeah um, that's It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, we now do a review section where we give it a thumbs up, two thumbs up if it's perfect, zero thumbs up if it's terrible, and anything in between for what you want to rate it. Leah, what is your rating? Hmm, okay. So, I mean, so I wouldn't say this is a perfect movie. It has its problems. I mean, for the time, it was very good, but obviously there's some, you know, some feminist issues, some probably mm-hmm. racism issues mm-hmm. that are that are in it, right? That are problematic. Not a perfect movie, but in terms of storytelling, I think and acting, this is a very good movie. I would give it one and a half thumbs up. Cameroon. I will also do the same. One 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 half. Like, also, for reference, this is Steven Spielberg's favorite movie of all time. He no way, recently, I didn't know that. That is he a fun He recently fact. had a list of his, 20, of his 20 favorite movies, and this was number one, followed by number two of The Godfather, whatever. But, okay. uh, yeah, so this is it's, it's, it's Steven Spielberg. Not, not, not like a highfalutin elitist filmmaker. He usually makes... Blockbusters. For, blockbusters. Yeah. And he really kind of did invent the modern blockbuster with Jaws. That was literally... Jaws was revolutionary in terms of like how films are released and distributed and all that. Like Jaws was revolutionary, yeah. Um, but yeah, like you know, and the man has a has a, has a good good taste. This is definitely one of the most iconic Christmas movies, and like even like it's fun to watch year round. Capitalism mm-hmm. is bad. Well, let's mm-hmm. celebrate that, you know. <laughs> exactly. Agreed. Yes. Seasons, seasons, greetings. There, there's always a season. <laughs> exactly. And I always greet the downfall of capitalism. So Damn straight. <laughs> uh, I, I also give it a, a thumb and a half. Uh, anyways, that has been our discussion on It's a Wonderful Life. And that brings us into something else. Ooh. Um, which okay. I have to find where I put it now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm color be intrigued. Okay, so l- let me just pull up a chair that I have been sitting on this whole time. Okay. Uh, so... I don't know if you... So this was circulating Twitter. I'm not sure if either of you saw it. Leah, you didn't because you don't have Twitter, but Cameron. <laughs> so there was an article published on Screen Rant, which is like a, a movie website. I know, I know Screen Rant, yeah. Uh, so they posted a, 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 a page or a blog or whatever called Seven Things About It's a Wonderful Life That Have, that have Aged Poorly. Okay. And fun fact, they... <laughs> So they released it on the 13th of December, and they took it down. <laughs> oh, oh, interesting. Okay. And, and I had to use the Wayback Machine to retrieve it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we are going to go through this list of seven, and I want to hear you guys' thoughts on it. Awesome. Okay. So the number one thing that did not age well, or like the first thing, is the town keeps the money a secret. What? <laughs> so so that, that that that's that that's their first thing that didn't age well. Okay, I'm sorry. What are they? I'm not exactly sure what they're referencing. What like which part? Which money? Like like the end where they all pull them pull their money to save the building? Yes. Oh. Oh oh wait. I'm sorry. Are they saying that what doesn't age well is they should have thrown George in jail? Uh, well, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Here, let, let, let me read what they say. Yes, please do. <laughs> uh, George Bailey is shown to be a mostly selfless man towards the town. However, 
when he is in danger of losing the building alone, in his eyes, the town does nothing to help. The ending of the film is joyous and shows the town has gathered all the money George is owed and then some. Problem is, it was done behind his back. It was. It is one thing to surprise someone. It is another thing to let them break down and think they are hopeless. What? What do you? Well, no, they didn't, they weren't letting him do that. They were they were frantically gathering all of the money. <laughs> but that didn't age well, Leah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I think it aged just fine. Uh, there, there, right. there, there, are, there are far worse things that have aged in this movie than that. Yes, yes. But that, that, that is the very first thing. Okay, so the second one is George is kind of mean. That's fair. Yeah. And that's kind of... I mean, yes, that's true. But what I do find interesting... It's like, he's kind of he's kind of mean to his family in that, like, breakdown scene. Mm-hmm. But the thing yes. that I find fascinating about that is clearly this is out of character for him right yes. like it is shown very clearly to be he this he has never done this before because mm-hmm. they are all so shocked by it and it is meant to show the fact that he's breaking down like he's at his absolute breaking point mm-hmm. right yeah so i find it less problematic because it's clearly this is clearly not his personality and it's mm-hmm. meant to show that Yes. Yes. Camp, do you have anything to say about that, or do you just agree? Yeah, I agree. Like, uh, yeah, like, it's clearly shown to be out of character, character form. You see earlier how good he is with, with, with his kid and his wife, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love him, he loves them. And, like, yeah, like, it's... <laughs> Again, like, it's just frustrating. Well, well what I, so, so, before we get to you, I just want to say, like, basically, I find that, like, modern film reviewers have no nuance... No. It's yeah. like 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 every single character has to fit into my view of the world or else the movie isn't worth watching. Instead of being like, oh, maybe humans have nuance and also movie characters should have nuance. But like I, I this is me going on a rant, but like I feel that's somewhat of a problem because of like superhero movies where they are like mm. shown to be like these Jesus characters where they have no flaws. And now when they watch a movie where, oh, this person has flaws, well, then it's canceled. Or like, oh, I can't watch it because this character didn't fit into my view. Every single character has to be perfect. Also, it's not celebrated in the movie. No, it's it's clearly a bad... Exactly. Like, it's it's very clearly shown to be bad. And that he's at the end of his rope. Exactly. Like, they're not saying he's a good guy this is good he's doing this. Like, that's not what they're saying. So I think it's aged just... I, th- I actually think it's aged better than some other movies where they yeah. show, like, violence really casually and anger really casually and it's not considered bad. Here, it's really shown to be negative. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. it's aged just fine, personally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next one is... Uh, the, the next thing that didn't age... Or that aged poorly okay. is George is a victim. So, um, <laughs> I mean, he's a victim of of, of Potter in terms of like stealing money. Yeah. Well, well, uh, well, he's uh, like in the movie seen as a victim because he can't really uh, like get out of town. Okay, hmm. but no, he like he made those choices because yeah. of the person that he is. Yes. So so then so then you're agreeing with them that George is a victim didn't age. <laughs> Or, or you're saying that he never was a victim and he wasn't afraid to be a victim. I don't think he was a victim. Like, I, like, obviously, like, he made sacrifices, but, like, those are good, like, obviously, like, yeah, yes, he 
he gave his honeymoon money just to save the like to help people during the Great Depression, and gave gave his trip money to go to do do like like to and yeah, he gave up the the, the trip to do the, do the business, but like that's part of life. That's sacrifice. Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. sacrifice. No 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 victory. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think he's a victim of capitalism, but no mm-hmm. less than, or, and no more than anyone else in the town is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, so the next one is the big one that got people on Twitter a roaring. Okay. And uh, so this is, this is the thing that aged poorly. Uh, Mr. Potter isn't evil. So 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 screen screen rant is saying that Mr. Potter isn't evil. Are they, but like okay, so so how are they watching this movie? Okay, he, he's let, clearly let, uh, the villain of the movie. I'll read you what what they say. Uh, Mr. Potter is certainly an unlikable, despicable man. The movie portrays him as heartless, cold man. Well, this may be the case. He may not be inherently evil. Mr. Potter cares only for himself and money. But at the end of the day. He is helping the to- town regardless of his ulterior motives. Oof. Bed- um, <laughs> I'm sorry. He's helping the town? Bedford Falls may not want his help, but the fact is he is helping. Of course, calling the cops on George just to get him out of the picture is an awful thing to do. But he did technically break the law. Oh my god. Mr. Porter <laughs> is a bad man and seeing him lose his grip on George was the happy kind of trope fans love to see. But in the end of the day, he was just a businessman. Nothing more. Thoughts. He was oh. just a, he was he was just a man on his Sigma grind set. Is he... <laughs> He's just a man making money. He's just a man who owns a business, and he yeah. has to do what he needs to do to keep that business running. Including I mean, it's just people. good, honest capitalism. Exactly. It's fine. <laughs> capitalism. That's fine. Bad honest. about it. Yeah, exactly. He's not evil. He's just. He's just helping the town, you know, by making people live in starving wages and having no homes. And is that is that great? And even, though, and even though the movie deliberately brings up the fact that he knows that, um, like, he wants to keep them renting his yeah. his house, his slum houses, and also he steals money. Obviously, <laughs> he steals money. He's the one who breaks the law. He keeps the money. Exactly. And he never has consequences for it. Like you said. <laughs> exactly. Like, he just, like, nothing happens to him. He just keeps the money and nothing bad happens. Um, yeah, I don't agree, Screen Rant, that uh, I think he is evil. And um, I think that you just are having a problem with the, the fact that capitalism is bad. Oof. Yeah. Uh, so the next one is... Uh, George willing to leave his family with nothing. Um, well, the reason that he wants to kill himself is because that's the only way they'll have anything because he has the life insurance policy. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's worried that if he is stays alive, they'll have nothing. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So why are there things all incorrect? Like, have they watched the movie? I don't know. Okay, so, so, so the last couple ones are more accurate. Okay. Um, so George is the sole breadwinner. I'm like, yeah, sure, that didn't age as well. Fine, but that was the uh, time. Okay, yeah. Uh, back in back in the day, you you could raise a family with one with one income. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, 
in a way, yes. I mean, like, this movie's definitely about a middle-class family. Like, a lower middle-class, but still middle-class, not yep. working-class. Totally, yeah. yeah. Because, like, in working-class families, a woman working would have been normal. Right. But, yes, for, for a middle-class family in America at this time, it would be weird for a woman to be working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the time, it makes sense. And, and then the last one, I, I do agree with, but obviously, again, it's a part of the time, is Mary is nothing without a man in her life. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Although I do appreciate her character, I will say. Um, because she, I mean, yes, it is very related to George and only George. But, like, she's, she has a good, per- like, she, she, her personality is developed in the movie in a nice way, I think. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Anyways, so that, that was my fun little... Uh, tangent i guess but i, I thought it was kind of fun because uh well screen rant obviously they uh figured either they're getting too much backlash or they were like oh maybe we should watch the movie before we talk about it because they did delete this uh a few days after it was put up so that's fun <laughs> that's really interesting that yes. <laughs> but that was the that was the big one um but mr potter wasn't actually evil that was the one that Th- that's the big one yes i, I think that, that he that's... was just going to his to do his joker arc it's fine <laughs> yeah, exactly. well i feel well the joker doesn't like money that's true yeah. joker's anti-money he just burns it <laughs> right. uh, anyways well on this holiday special i did forget to do something at the beginning oh. so <laughs> oh, whoops we're, we're, we're a little bit more loosey-goosey uh, on, on this episode but uh i have some movie news okay. <laughs> movie news uh, uh, so it's, it's mainly trailers. There wasn't a whole lot of news this week, at least not in my books, but, uh, I, I do want to hear either some of your thoughts or opinions, even if you haven't watched them, I just want to hear your, your thoughts and opinions. Uh, but the death on the Nile trailer dropped. Um, so Leah, I know you're an Agatha Christie fan, but the oh, problem, yeah. okay. So, but the problem with this trailer is that it heavily features army hammer. Oh. <laughs> Poorly aged things. So it's and Disney recently acquired like Fox, who is making this movie, Oof. and so now it is a Disney movie featuring Army Hammer heavily in the trailer. What are you two thoughts on that? I mean, they tried to cut around him as much as they could, like in, in group shots, but like, oof, yeah, like I get this movie was filmed before the pandemic, but like, and like before that, before we knew what what we knew. But like, right. oof, my guy. Like, just you know, cast him or just, just do like the Christopher Plummer thing. Exactly. Just, <laughs> yeah, just bring, replace him. I mean, obviously, also you can't replace him with Plummer because he's dead. R.I.P. to a king. But R-I-P-D. like, just, just, just like Army Hammer. Here, here, here's the thing: is does Army Hammer bring a, a certain energy? Yes. Could literally any other actor do it? Absolutely yes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Just, no, I, I, I agree. And, like, I mean, as someone who loves uh, Agatha Christie and the last Agatha Christie adaptation with Kenneth Branagh was oh, so good, so good. So good. <laughs> that it had a lot to live up to regardless. I haven't seen the trailer, so I can't comment on the trailer, but it is just kind of a bummer that Army's in it. Yes. Not going to lie. It's just kind of a bummer. Yeah, and the good. fact that it's Disney and Fox is kind of a trifecta of great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this cast was also like relatively poorly aged. Like, 
Gal Gadot is also like a little bit uh, up in the air regarding some stuff, yeah. and like Letitia Wright, who's a uh, known anti-vaxxer. Like that's true. The whole cast is kind of except sus. for except except for Kenneth Branagh. It's true. Kenneth Branagh stays winning. Wonderful. Love love that guy. Yeah. Uh, well, he he has a a big movie. What's it called again? It's a lot of Oscar buzz. Hamlet. No, I'm kidding. Yes? Belfast. But Bo- yes, Belfast. That's uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, I definitely, I definitely want to see that one. Yeah. Yes. And then the other trailer that came out is the Northman. Did either of you see this trailer? I saw screenshots because no. Anna Taylor Joy, who oh. was in the Vavitch, and and oh. it has well, it's it's the same director as uh, the Vavitch. Yes, Robert Eggers. Yeah, I am personally very excited. It basically is like Hamlet, but make it Norris. Cool. Which seems right. pretty awesome. Uh, Bjork is in it. Oh. Let's go. All right. <laughs> because why not? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. All right. It looks pretty awesome. It looks like like a, a Norseman epic. Okay. I I could... I could sign up for that. And like as someone who is playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I am here for it. It looks sure. Oh man, this cast. <laughs> no, it's Oscar a great Star cast. Starred, Anya Taylor Joy, Willem Dafoe, Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke, Wow, Ralph Innocen, also from The Vivitch. Man, this this cast stays winning. I when am. Is it, when is it coming out? Uh, twenty twenty two, I believe, sometime. Okay. I'm not sure what the day. I what, think what spring. Spring, great. I'll see it. I'll be watching it. When but it I'm out. I'm very excited. About that movie, I'm looking forward to it. All right, um, let's do it. Um, I I don't know if we're allowed to do this, but I did finish watching Hawkeye today. So. Yes, so did I. I haven't seen it yet, so don't spoil. Oh, you haven't seen? Oh, all right. Have, has have any of you guys seen the new Spider-Man movie yet? No, no, not yet. It made two hundred fifty plus two hundred sixty million for the third highest opening of all time. So whoa! It, clearly, the pandemic meant nothing to it. So. Uh, yeah. That's wild. Well, I love that it like snuck in right before Omicron took off. Really? So like yeah. it it hit the sweet spot of pandemic time, I guess. Yeah. And the Matrix just barely missed it. Oof. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm probably going to going to go see it sometime this holiday. Like this is no one goes to the Winkler Theater. Exactly. And and like it's already half capacity, have to be double double vaxxed. So like, you know what? Like that's that really take that takes away most of also, like, it's directed by a trans trans woman, so, like, I'm sure, I'm not sure if Winkler's going to be busting for The Matrix. <laughs> I love The Matrix. I think it's really cool. There's a lot of, I mean, I, I saw the first one, haven't seen the second and third, want to see this one, love Keanu Reeves, and... King. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he's great. Uh, the other thing I want to kind of discuss, so, there was a, a recent interview with... James Cameron and uh, what's his face, the director of Dune, Denis Villeneuve. Yes. Yeah. So he was interviewing James Cameron, and James Cameron, uh, <laughs> being James Cameron's, like, all right, th- this is how he sees movies going in the future that he wants is movies in theaters to be intimate and like cut down movies, so like, uh, like two hours, three hours max kind of thing, mm-hmm. and then on streaming. To release like a six-hour cut of a movie. Hmm. Hmm. What are your thoughts on that? To have like two separate movies, basically, but like the same premise, but like two movies basically. 
That's curious. Huh. Like, I get it. I, I got the idea where Cameron's coming from, because, like, Cameron makes a lot of, like, epic-scale, big movies. They're right. often hard to fit in a theater. Like, like Titanic's, like, three, three and a half hours. Like, it's, it's hard to fit that many showtimes in a theater, which is why a lot of the studios prefer to have a bit shorter movies so they can fit more more screenings in a, in a day. But, yeah, I get where it's coming from, but also, like, just, like, release... Like, if a movie's meant to be four hours, release it four hours in theaters. That's fine. Yeah. Like, there's been, like, six-hour movies. <laughs> like, War and Peace is a, is a, <laughs> right. is a ride. Well, like War and Peace. Like, I, I, but, like... It strikes me as some... As coming from somebody who wants to show off a little bit. Like, look, I did so much more than just this. I want everybody to know that. That's that, definitely in James Cameron's wheelhouse. Is showing off, trying to innovate in different ways. and Right. But I think, like, for smaller art house movies, that isn't going to be as relevant. Yeah, and, like, that's not, that's not quite, quite possible for every for every movie because not every not every streaming platform, platform is, is, is going to give that same opportunity to everyone. They're going to have to have a name behind it or something to get, to get it, that streaming recon, recognition. Right, exactly. And, and you know, sometimes I just, like, sometimes I think there's there's editors for a reason, and I want <laughs> the snappy version. Like, I, True. you know, some, sometimes I just want that. Um, but that's interesting. I'm yeah. not sure there would be a huge uptake on the longer one, to be honest. Because, uh, well, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to watch a six-hour movie, really. <laughs> that seems like a lot of work. <laughs> it really is. Even like I watched the Snyder Cut. It is a lot of work. <laughs> it, it then, and, and like, like that, that, that movie doesn't feel, like it. Sometimes it does and doesn't feel like four hours. Like, yeah. It, it's both. Both are true. Or it feels short, but also feels long. It's like, ugh. That's I will why... admit to watching it in two parts. Yeah, so. that's I watched it in, like, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. That's I fair. mean, that's why, like, Lord of the Rings are, like, the perfect movies. Because, like, they're mm-hmm. long, but, like, you don't mind it. No. Oh, it's, it's, it's the journey. It's the... Yeah. But I think well, it's that's very... A good, well, that's a good example of one that has an extended... Ver- like, they all have extended versions. Yeah. Um... And for good reason, right? But again, mm-hmm. they're those sort of epics where it adds a lot more to the story. Yeah, yeah. Not every movie needs uh, three more hours of stuff. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Cor- Correct. You mean you want to watch, like, I don't know, some, like, adult comedy for an extra four hours? Where they're I love like... to watch a six-hour right, like... cut of 1917 where it's just him running for three, three more hours. Like, no! It right, works like a movie... A movie yeah. like Knives Out, I don't want that to be longer. It's no. a, it's it, it's snappy. It's it's exactly where it needs to be. It has an arc. A longer cut of that isn't going to help me enjoy the story. Yes, exactly. Uh, uh, also, like the longer a mystery like that has, the more you're going to think. You're gonna, more you're going to think think about it. Like if, if time, you, yeah, and you have more time to process, process, and you could end up guessing it before the movie tells you, which is not fun. Exactly. So completely. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, yes. Uh, recommendations. Leah, do you have any recommendations for us this week? Um, well, number one, I recommend that you watch the Hawkeye finale. Yes. Um, <laughs> number, uh, does it have to be movies? or can it No, be you can shows? recommend anything. 
Okay. Um, well, I will recommend a show that I just finished watching all five seasons of Insecure on HBO, hmm. um, which I know, Joey, you haven't been super into shows recently. Cam, I don't know if you have. Um, but it is by Issa Rae, who's the creator, has Jay Ellis in it, who also is in the new, um, that, the remake of the Tom Cruise movie, Top Gun, that one. Oh. Um, very funny, very well done comedy on HBO. Highly recommend. Very nice. Cameron? Oof, I'm going to recommend... Uh... Spider-Man No Way Home because a it made a lot of money and it, it's good, but also like if you can go printing Omicron and all that, all that jazz, but like if you can go see it in a safe environment, go and see it. It's a good movie. I it solves all all of my, my my problems with the MCU Spider-Man. Wow. So high praise. High, high praise for that. So yeah, so go and see that one. Very nice. And my recommendation uh, is a Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh Amen. boy. <laughs> because Leah, you have to watch it. It has Michael Caine okay. as, uh, what's his face? Uh, my brain's tired. Cam, what's his name? Michael Caine. Yeah, but what's his character? Scrooge. Scrooge. Yes, thank you. Excellent. Uh, it's great. Okay. Recommend. It's on Disney Plus. All right. And All right. and my other thing is uh, also a show that I have been watching. Um, I also recommend maybe not streaming it from the source but illegally downloading it, but that uh, I didn't necessarily recommend that. But <laughs> the, the show is uh, the was the Wheel of Time. Oh. No, was that oh. it? Yes, that's right. Yeah, Robert yes. Jordan, the fantasy series. Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay, so I, I, I tried to watch the first episode, and I was like, all right, it's boring. And then I watched it, and then I was like, oh, it's actually pretty good. And I got into it, and I watched it all in like two days, which is impressive because there's seven episodes, and they're only an hour long. Huh. Yeah, no, Riley's been loving it. He says it's a really, really beautiful show. The dialogue is a bit clunky, but it's but the action is great, and it's beautifully, beautifully shot. And it, it works very well. And it is on Amazon. That's why I uh, uh, may or may not suggest sure. what I suggest. But Bezos. Yes. <laughs> but it, it, is, it is a very good show. I, I'm a big fantasy fan, and this is a great fantasy show. Have you watched the second season of The Witcher yet? I haven't watched the first season. What? Yeah, that's ridiculous. If you're a fantasy fan, get well, on well, it. Well, my, you know my problem Toss with your... Toss a coin to your <laughs> witcher. Your witcher. <laughs> uh, well, I have problems with Netflix because I can't get on. Oh. Well, I'll solve that problem for you in a minute. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Anyways, that was a better episode this week. Thank you for joining us, Leah. It was very fun to have, have you here. Thanks uh, for having me. And tune in next week or maybe a different week because it's Christmas, for something. Sounds good. Bye-bye now. Bye.